What's up, everybody? It is the Miles B Show. The day is finally here. I've been so excited about this. The Gary Brackett interview is coming right up. So why delay? Let's just get to it. All right, it is that time for our special guest. We've been looking forward to this, Mr. Gary Brackett. Multiple nine-year NFL career, all with the Indianapolis Colts. Super Bowls in 06 and 09, got to win one in 06. And now he is a leadership and business coach extraordinaire. Gary, how's it going, my friend? Hey, I'm great, man. How are you doing, brother? I'm doing great. Thanks for coming on the show, man. Uh, super excited to uh, to have you. Yeah, excited to be here, man. You know, I love Coast Nation. Obviously, uh, we got a lot going on, a lot to talk about. So, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, awesome. Well, we'll get to the Colts here in a little bit. Let's start off just talking about, like, I, I mean, because, you know, I, I, I like to think of myself as an athlete in my better days, like high school yeah. and high school. Um, but, like, what was the feeling like when you heard your name called and that first time you stepped on that NFL field? Like, tell me, tell me that emotion. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, people still ask me, like, what's your favorite memory in the NFL? Um, and that was it. Uh, it was my second game in my NFL career. Uh, we had just played Chicago Bears in uh, Illinois at that stadium because their stadium was being remodeled, right? It shows you how old I am. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, we were playing home against the Seattle uh, uh, Seahawks. Uh, I think Seneca Wallace they had. I, I think Matt Hasselbeck. So I got named as a starter, so running out the tunnel. It's probably the slowest I've ever went running out the tunnel, right, just soaking it all in. Uh, but that was like a childhood dream that I had of getting my name called out the NFL tunnel. Once it happened, I was like, man, this is it right here. So it was very exciting. That's amazing. It's funny that you say that because my, my next question was not Super Bowl related. What was the highlight of your career? So let's say aside from that as well, like was there a play or a moment that stood out to you? Man, um, it was, you know, a, a so, a so many things that I did, right, didn't show up on a stat sheet. Right, so I can remember like a AFC Championship game against Tom Brady and the Patriots, and on third down they were backed up, and I made this adjustments on defense to kind of trick Tom Brady into thinking that we were going to blitz and then not blitz, and then we end up blitzing. He got rid of the ball, and we got the ball back, right, and then we go ahead and score in that next possession. So I think for me, I, I was a player who played the game from the neck up, and you know I always wanted to play chess with the quarterback. And we always, you know, hear how smart these quarterbacks are. Um, and I think middle linebackers don't really get enough credit, right? But we have to go out there and match wits with these guys every single Sunday. And and I was always, you know, excited to to, to get that done. Yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. I I remember that game very well. I was probably yelling and screaming, and at the time lived in an apartment. My neighbors probably hated me. Um, <laughs> Be honest with me. Did you hit Tom Brady just a little bit harder than anybody else on the football field? You know what, man? I I, I, I was an equal opportunity hater, so I didn't like a lot of those players. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, for sure. I think um, – I mean, but Tom, of course, you wanted to hit him. You wanted to make him feel it. But, man, I think all those guys I, I wasn't really big fans of. So, um, But, man, I mean, he's still playing, right? How crazy it's is that? crazy. I mean, I've been damn near retired for 10 years, 11 years, and this dude is still playing. So shout out to him for his TB12, you know, workout regimen, whatever he's doing. Um, but, man, yeah, he's um, he, he's one of the GOATs for sure. 
So, okay, if it wasn't Tom Brady, who was that one guy across the field that you just, like, you circled it on the calendar every year when you saw it? Um, You know what? Our divisional rivals, Jacksonville Jaguars, I think, you know, they always were big talkers. Um, and for a little while, it was just like, you know, they would call it like a big rivalry. But in my mind, it's not a rivalry until the other team wins, right? We <laughs> 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 were brothers, right? So, um, so we whooped them, but they got us, you know, towards that end of my career, it got really competitive against those guys. But when you look, when you look at teams that are notoriously bad, what happens is like they draft very high year after year. So if you look at their team from top to bottom, they got more number one draft picks. They got more top five talent and every round they get the top guys. So they got talented guys. It's just about coaching and chemistry and culture that really separates those championship teams from some of those other teams. Absolutely. I love it. So athletes are typically some of the most superstitious people on the world. Did you have a pregame ritual that you did before every game? And if so, is it one you can even share? Yeah, I always say, man, I wasn't smart enough to remember any of my rituals, right? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't want to jinx myself on the field. Like, dang, I forgot to do this. Uh, one thing I did do, like, before every game, after, like, the national the anthem, um, I would, like, pray, and then I would, like, like give three hits up to my mom, my dad, my brother. Obviously, I lost them during my first and second season in the NFL. Just kind of, kind, of, kind of give a homage to them. But other than that, all, like, tying your right shoe first, and then your left shoe, then back to the right, and then tie like, no, nah, I wasn't smart enough to, to remember that. So I, <laughs> I just stuck to the basics. Well, what you did uh, obviously worked uh, worked out. So it's 2006. You guys have just won the Super Bowl. You're standing on the stage with the sheriff and Bob Sanders and all those guys that Colts Nation loves to uh, reminisce about. What mm -hmm. did it feel like that first time you put your hands on the Lombardi? Man, it was amazing. I mean, I mean, we've been close, lost in the AFC Championship. Uh, game, um, and I think finally being able to get over that hump, make it to the Super Bowl, and then win it. I mean, it's something that you that you dream of, something that we were playing for every season, right? That's the goal. That's what's up on you know the board day one. Um, so be able to like capture that moment, put my hands on the trophy. I think I had a picture somewhere. So it's probably at my home where it was painted with me, like taking a picture of the trophy, uh, holding it for the first time. So it's just amazing feeling, um, and and one you don't take for granted. You know, a lot of people play this game. Like, some great Hall of Fame players have never went to the playoffs, let alone been to the Super Bowl, let alone had an opportunity to win it. So um, you're in very elite company when you get that done, and I'm just honored to be a part of that part of that group. That's awesome. And I, I, I say it's probably one of the top three days of my life. Uh, that yeah. doesn't involve family, uh, obviously. But, uh, man, that was, that was a lot of fun to watch uh, as a fan. So – on the football field, you know, I, I think a lot of people take for granted. I mean, especially like currently the situation with Shaq Leonard, there's a lot of skeptical fans out there about the injuries and things of that nature. Um, I don't want to get into the nuts and bolts of it, but I would like to know, what does it feel like to run into a, another large human being at full speed 12, 15, 20 times a game? Yeah, I mean, it's – um, I mean, the first year – that I didn't play football and I just watched on TV, like I cringed at some of the collisions, right? And I knew what, that's what I did for, you know, a number of years. So, I mean, it's very challenging, but I would say um, we trained for it though. So yeah. if I, to do that now would be like insane, right? 
But I actually put my body through some extreme circumstances in the offseason, working out, training, taking that. I, mean, I wasn't running into things, but I'm lifting a insane amount of weight over and over again. Sure. You know, I'm, I'm doing some some pretty sick things in a workout just to prepare my body for that type of condition. So um, it just goes to show you um, if you prepare your body for something like our, our, I feel like our bodies are so much uh, stronger than our minds. You know, sometimes our mind wants to quit and our body will keep going. So I think it's just a testament to like how guys train, how they prepare in the off season to go out there week in, week out and put themselves through that type of um, collisions. Who was the uh, the hardest hitting guy that you knew, defensively or offensively? It could have been somebody lower in the head from the, the ball side too. Man, uh, Bob Sanders. Yeah? How I crazy Bob, was that? Bob Sanders and Clint Sessions. Clint uh, Sessions, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, crazy. I mean, I would, um, you know, it would, it would be friendly fire sometimes, you know, Bob's <laughs> right? And I'm just, so I was just telling him, and even Mike Doss, it was just like, hey, guys, I'm going low. I'm going to tackle the, <laughs> the, the thighs, right? I'm holding them up. You're not, like, do not hit me, right? And like, I, I'm on your team. So uh, definitely wanted to send those reminders out. But, man, I saw him lay out multiple guys, you know, uh, administer multiple concussions. So, he, he definitely brought it. Yeah, he uh, he was he he hit so hard he hit himself off the field uh, half the time. But man, it was fun, especially when you guys came together in those '06 playoffs. That was so fun to watch as a fan. Um, yeah, no, it was a great time. Absolutely, I I can only imagine what it was like in that locker room. A bunch of great guys too. Uh, so you played for the Colts your entire career. What do mm-hmm. you think? was the the driving factors for that because that that just doesn't happen it doesn't matter whether it's a starter a backup a practice squatter you never see players play their entire career for one team even Peyton ended up with the Broncos right which nobody ever thought would happen um what led to you being here yeah I think um I think I was a leader you know um I think being very selfless and and being in a position where I help others succeed um, I was kind of secured my my destiny, right? Um, just because they knew how passionate I was about, you know, the game. They knew how passionate I was about winning and that I would do whatever it takes. And what that meant a lot of times was preparing some of the early guys to go out there and line up and be ready on Sunday. So spent a lot of time um, throughout the week uh, watching the film, answering questions, um, extra time on the field, um, just preparing guys because at that time we had a lot of young linebackers getting brought in and a, a lot of young defensive players. Someone had to get them prepared uh, to be ready on Sundays. And and for me, it was just like, it wasn't, you know, they play bad. We play good. It's like, it's a team sport. Like we, like you're only as strong as your weakest link. So I always put the extra time uh, to make sure I ensure those guys are ready and prepared when it came time of game day. Was there ever a time you questioned whether Indianapolis was a permanent home? Did you think you were headed somewhere else at any point? Um, my last year after the second Super Bowl, um, like at that time, I mean, I was like, uh, it's crazy. I never made a Pro Bowl, but I mean, I was playing lights out that season, right? Yeah, and and I think, um, you know, I, my contract was up, and it was just like, you know, it was like perfect timing. I was still like twenty nine, so under thirty, so I wasn't like old yet, or whatever the case may be. Um, so I had interest. I mean, there were some other big deals on the table from other people. Um, but I just think just cause I, I knew Indy, right. Um, uh, my family was here, um, in terms of at the time, my wife, and my kids. Um, uh, but yeah, so, so I think 
a lot of that kind of led to my decision to want to stay and want to. I think a lot of players, especially if it was a good organization, uh, and as great as as the Colts, Mr. Ursay and and you know his daughters and the family, Pete Ward, they just do such a fantastic job of, of treating their players like family. That's um, awesome. So I love the fact that I got to you know stay here my entire career. Culture is so important in the workplace, and uh, you know a lot of people don't realize or don't think about with pro athletes or musicians or anybody who lives a celebrity life that they are going to work every day, and those things do matter uh, for folks like that. Um, when did you realize it was time to move on, though, into the next chapter of your life? Um, well, I didn't realize it. They did. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, Ryan Grigson, you know what I'm saying, one of the first things they came when uh, when Peyton went down and he got released, they kind of, you know, set off the bomb, right? So then Dallas, myself, Bob, you know, uh, Joseph Adai, a bunch of us kind of got released in that big um, in that big day. So um, after that, you know, I, I had a shoulder surgery that had took me out that season and i had just had my second child uh my little boy and um yeah i could just remember holding him and um just being in pain just because of the injury and i was just like man when i was young you know i had the saying like yo i'm gonna ride this till wheels fall off uh but then when the wheels start falling off he's just like you know what i think i owe it to my kids to like you know what i'm saying still be able to move and function as they get older. So at that point, yeah. year nine, I had some opportunities, but I said, man, you know, I had a had a good career. So it's a good time to, to, to call it quits. And it sounds perfect and totally, you know, as a father of three myself, I totally get, you know, the, the, the work-life balance, which is impossible for at least half of the year for an NFL player, right? Um, but still, how hard was that decision to actually hang it up something that like you said earlier you'd worked your whole life for your dream had been to, to walk out that tunnel since you were a tyke you know uh, like what what was that like man yeah i mean it's, it's always challenging when uh a career a position or a party you dies right mm -hmm. um but i guess i was always fortunate to think of myself uh, to never think of myself as a football player. Like I played football, that was my career. Um, and I have a lot of other skill sets. So um, while it was bittersweet, I mean, I still thought I was like top tier, still think I could get it done. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, our body, right, is the ultimate decider factor. And True. I would have rather have played, um, you know, uh, one year too short or, or, one, or one year too, too long than five years too short. Right. right. So so I'm glad that, you know, I'm, I had eight surgeries. Uh, I'm definitely feel, feel the effects of that today. Um, but all in all, like I'm I'm thankful where right? I still can work out. I still can exercise. You know, everything is somewhat limited, but, you know, um, but I get to push through and still, you know, enjoy life. That's awesome. Uh, did you have a plan for life after the NFL before or, or during or after that period? Yeah, I mean, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I mean, when I when I finished with uh, football, I, I went back to school, got my MBA from George Washington University. So, I, you know, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur, uh, um, something I'm currently doing now still. Um, right. But, yeah, I think my plan was always kind of work for myself, own my own business, um, just, just really just, you know, just to be around my kids more, um, be able to, you know, support, you know, initiatives that I want to support. So I, I've always enjoyed that, yeah. Yeah. What, what was the hardest part about transitioning from being an NFL player to retiring? 
Um, the hardest part was Tuesdays, uh, not getting a, not getting a check, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not getting paid those NFL checks, right? <laughs> Always difficult. Uh, I think that was for sure yeah. the hardest part. Uh, but now, nah, seriously, mm-hmm. I think um, I think the the discipline and the regimen. I mean, yeah. when you're playing football, right, you have you know schedules and outlines, and be here at this time and there by that time. So it kind of like gives you a lot of structure and order. And, you know, once that's over, I mean, that's gone. And you kind of like making your own structure and order. So I had to find a way to kind of, you know, create those own, um, you know, guidelines and restrictions and, and schedule within my own framework and my own lifestyle um, that wasn't necessarily predicated by the team. Fair enough. So I have to ask this question, especially given the circumstances that have occurred over the last week or so. Um, a lot of your teammates uh, have found their ways to front offices and sidelines and mm-hmm. may possibly even have more. Uh, what are the chances of seeing uh, Gary Brackett on an NFL sideline or a college sideline as a coach or coordinator? Yeah, you're crazy. Never say never, man. I, um, I, I, I often get calls and requests uh, to coach. Um, yeah. I, I coach third football, grade football now. Um, oh, cool. So I've, I mean, I've been coaching the last three or four years. Obviously, it's not college or NFL, but I think it's, the principle is the same. I don't think my language pattern are different. My passion for the game won't be different. None of that is different. So um, I don't know, man. My kids are 13, 11, and 9, and okay. like they're my greatest joy, right? And I would not want to give up the time that I share and spend with those guys right now. So I I'm just that. not ready for that commitment. So, I, you know, it's kind of like, you know, sacrifice for the greater good and for me that's you know being around and being available for my kids i think coach caldwell what would always say your best ability is your availability and and being available for my kids being being there for them good day bad day after school or you know talk to them after a game or you know just be there in a supportive role um i mean that's what kind of you know drives me right now absolutely that's probably my favorite thing that you've said this whole conversation even including Super Bowl wins right that's uh gave me a little bit of chills there Gary I I, I love that uh so are the so the kids you're coaching third grade the kids playing yeah yeah so my oldest Gabrielle's does volleyball so she's going okay. to high school next year nice. uh, my son plays football and lacrosse and then okay. my youngest uh she's in soccer and gymnastics Wow, so you've got the gambit. Like that's uh, uh yeah, it's your travel schedule. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's funny, you know. Now they're kind of off right now, so it's, it's, sure. it's nice. But yeah, when it's when it's fall and springtime, there's oh. there's no, there's no time. Yeah, I coach and, and do softball with with my middle uh, child, and it it's a it's demanding for such a you know she's she yeah. was eight when we played last season, and it's just like wow, that's a lot for an eight year old. Uh, nah, three games sure. in one day once. Wow, it's crazy. Yep. Um, so tell us, you know, where where are we at now? What are you doing these days, man? Yeah, so now, um, you know, still doing a lot of uh, motivational speaking, transformational speaking around town, and also business coach. Um, you know, being an entrepreneur, I just saw so many opportunities uh, for small business owners um, that they didn't know. And I didn't know. And then I went out and learned it and started implementing inside of businesses um, to kind of help them scale and grow and get more time to kind of do what they, they want to do while they got into business, right? To earn more money and create more time. I help business owners get that done. 
That's that's awesome. We're going to actually take about a minute and a half here and check out a video from GaryBracket.com from the website. Just a little quick snippet of what, what you've been doing. I believe in constantly growing and evolving. So I'm constantly going to be on this mission to change and to grow because I want to be great. And I'm chasing this person that I think I can be. And this person is great. And I'm chasing that person. Hey, this is Gary Brackett, and I just got off the phone with one of my coaching clients, and this whole notion of being resistant to change was a topic of our conversation. Some people are just content with what, with what they got going on, content in their body, content in everything, and as you, you don't think you need to change, you don't feel like you need to grow, get any better, then you're good, and go enjoy the rest of your life. Um, I'm not that person. So I'm constantly going to be on this mission to change and grow because I want to be great. And I'm chasing this person that I think I can be. And this person is great. And I'm chasing that person. I want to get as many people as possible thinking that greatness is inside of them and that champion is inside of them. And he's raging to get out. So I hope this is your year. And I hope you all make it. This is GB, your championship coach. And I'm signing out. So that's awesome, man. Tell us a little bit, you know, expand on the video a little bit. What, uh, what's this all about? Yeah, so um, it's really, I'll walk you through this process where, um, called the 9P framework, where we first we establish and we build foundation. Um, oftentimes, business owners had a business plan when they started, right? They got a loan from the bank or whatever, but they probably haven't looked at it in the last however many years. <laughs> so we, so we, instead of a business plan, I call it a game plan. I help them put forth a game plan. So we can look at some metrics of what we want to measure. Uh, how do we separate ourselves from our competition? And then we follow up with people and get the right people in the, in the right places, your processes, <clears throat> figuring out the right products. So it's essentially build their foundations, establish their, their key performance indicators, and then ultimately drive sales so that they're predictable and, and repeatable. And I think, you know, every business owner loves that. I think um, there's so many things you can do now with techno technology and automation that um, once you learn it, uh, it's really powerful inside your business. That's awesome. So what, I, what led you from the restaurant business to this? How, how do you go from point A to point B there? Yeah, I think really just realizing that um, so many people were in my similar situation and and I wanted to be able to help them figure out, you know, how they could go from being a business owner to being a business builder. So I think it's a, it's a wonderful transition. And, and once you realize, and I always say this, like once you see these things, like you can't unsee them. Sure, absolutely. What, what do you think the biggest mistake like current leaders and business owners are making? What do you, what's number one? Number one is their game plan. I think their vision board. I think, you know, if I was going to be inside of a, a studio or be inside of a, a, a auditorium and I say, all right, guys, everyone point west to me. Where do you think west is? And then, you know, people point that way, this way, up, down, <laughs> all over, right? No one, like, they don't have their compass on them. And, and if you're in a company, if you're a business owner, if you don't communicate your game plan, if you're gonna ask everyone, what's the vision for your organization? Everyone in the organization is gonna point you a different way. Like what's right. this week's priorities? So getting everyone on page, on the same page, rowing in the, in, in the same direction, 
I think is really the key point in businesses that, that help them succeed are, are fail. That's great. What would be the biggest piece of advice, obviously, aside from that, for someone who is trying to start a business to get to that level of entrepreneurship? Yeah, I, I think it's really about like like daily and consistent work. I think having some sort of a planner, having some sort of a you know uh, a game plan that they abide by, and just understand that like, hey, you know, no one said this is going to be easy. This is a journey. So fall in love with the process and divorce yourself from the outcome. And I think if you have daily habits and rituals, um, you know, it's just a science of achievement. Eventually, you'll be successful. Like if you if you eat less right then you then the college that you work out a day eventually you're going to lose weight right it's, it's right. just science right and i think same thing with business if you keep on if you keep at it and you put putting together actions that matter every single day and and you, you become better at what you do and you can offer value then you're going to be able to like you know somehow get paid for that it's absolutely fantastic advice uh, GaryBracket.com for for all of uh, any questions or to book Gary. Uh, he did a consult for me. It was awesome, um, and highly recommend you check him out. Uh, so let's get to the uh, the Colts now as it is. Um, man, open forum. What are your thoughts on the state of the franchise and everything that's gone down? We'll just say this season, the last yeah, couple yeah. Of weeks especially though. So actually, I mean, there was high hopes coming in, right? Um, right. Hearing from training camp, it looked like Matt was the guy, right? On fire, right. leader, making plays. And then week one, it's almost like I almost think he forgot that, you know, this was his 20th year or 18th year. <laughs> um, um, but then also they had struggles with the offensive line. They have injuries. Um, so I think there's a lot of things. But I think one of the things, obviously, a lot of Firing happened, right? The offensive yeah. coordinator, then the head coach, bringing in Jeff Saturday, quote unquote, no experience. Um, so it's a lot of things, but I think they're what is it, four or five and one? Yeah, um, still so right in the thick of it. Right in the thick of it. Um, they got uh, actually a pretty good team, you know, in terms of not necessarily record, but you know, defense. Those guys are playing some pretty solid defense, even though Shaq Leonard, their perennial pro bowler is out. Um, but I think, you know, offensively speaking, um, taking care of the football, you know, obviously they're, they, they had a lot of turnovers um, early on in the season that really that hurt them bad. So if we can simplify the game plan, take care of the football, run the football, right? There's just, there's this young man named Jonathan Taylor back there, right? <laughs> Probably the best in this position right now. Definitely top two or three with Derrick Henry. So I think, you know, just going back to the basics, and I think that's what Jeff Saturday would do. Obviously, we, we saw the big famous fight between him and Peyton Manning, right? And he was just yeah. telling him, run the ball, right? Right. So he knows what those offensive linemen want to do. So they just sticking with that game plan philosophy, and hopefully the defense, you know, can keep it a low-scoring game so they can, like, you know, run the ball. And then Matt, I think he, he still has something left in the tank, but I think putting the, the game on his shoulders – to throw 40, 50 times, I just don't think in this point in the career, that's where he's at to do that consistently. Yeah, I, I actually, I agree with everything. And I, I've, I've taken a pretty hard stance against Frank on the show for the last, you know, since, since the show's inception and then back when the show was, was with the Alex B podcast. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to ask you to indict or agree or disagree with the rule because I don't think that's a fair question to ask you. But as a player, um, can you tell when a coach has lost the locker room? 
Um, so, Alan, uh, yes, absolutely, you can. It's a funny story, right? We were, uh, it's probably kind of almost lost. So, we weren't a good football team at Rutgers University, right? <laughs> you know, I won like three games or four games in like my whole four year career, right? Woof. So, we're 2 0 this, this one season, right? We're 2 0, and we're up in Blacksburg playing Virginia Tech, right? I'm, I'm talking about Michael Vick, Lee Suggs. Mm-hmm. Uh, which they're number one in the country, right? This is a prime time game. Um, so we're in the locker room, we're two and oh, they're two and oh. We're like, yo, this is it, this is our coming out party, right? <laughs> so we're going crazy, right? And our coach comes in the locker room, he slams the door, he said, They want us to go out there early because they want them to do this fancy thing on live TV, and we're not going to do it. We're like, Yeah, hell no, he's like, You got ready to win, we're like, Yes, and then he says, Is this a must win game? And we're like, yes. He's like, no, it's not a <laughs> game. We only need six wins to make a bowl game. You, know? you can just see the air just being let out in the room, like. Oh. I oh. think uh, 55-0. <laughs> we won a game another probably year and a half after that. Oh um, man! But yeah, I could definitely tell when when a coach has lost the locker room. Uh, obviously, I wasn't there with Frank, and I don't know the, you know what happened if he gave one of those speeches or not. But um, you, you know, um, unfortunately, in the NFL, um, there's only one team at the end that's going to hoist that Lamar Trophy, right? And I played nine years, played on some great teams, and I only did it one time. So this, this yeah. is extremely difficult to do, right? But I think you know, looking at to the trajectory. And if, you know, Mr. Ursay thought he was going to get rid of him at the end of the season, he's like, why not do it now and then have someone to come and see with these resources that I have, how can we utilize them in a different type of way? And then assess some of the other team members and see, hey, like, all right, cool, next season, how is this going to look? Absolutely. What, obviously, I'm sure you and Jeff are close. You guys, mm-hmm. you know, spent a lot of time together for nine years of your life. Um what was your initial reaction? Like, cause look, and I'm not saying that he didn't deserve it or shouldn't have right. it. I actually love the hire, but I've had a buddy get a job where I'm like, what the, f- how did he get that? Like, what right. was your initial reaction when you first heard the news? Yeah. I started looking at my phone. Like, did I miss a call? Like, <laughs> like, like is the D coordinator too? Like, where are we going with this? Like, are any other jobs open over there? Um, uh, <laughs> nah, uh, I kid though, but, um, I, so I was just a week prior um, over there with, uh, you know, Tyra Glenn had just got inducted into the mm-hmm. ring of honor. So I kind of saw everyone and, you know, um, and I, I know the love that, that Mr. Ursey has for, you know, his guys, especially the, the ring of honor guys, right? They, oh, they yeah. spend a little bit extra time together, but, um, and I respect Jeff. Um, like I was a union member with him and saw him, like, I don't know if people realize a couple, I don't know, 10 years ago, the CBA deal, like he was one of the guys that was instrumental in yeah. getting that deal done, right? So he, he's not afraid to make tough decisions. He's always been solid. And, I mean, he, he was a leader from day one. Like he, he didn't necessarily have a C on his chest, but he, he was a, he was our leader, right, sure. in the locker room. And, and I mean, he coached high school football probably. And that, the thing is, like, he coached high school football. How is that the same? Like I coached third or fourth grade football. And I promise you, I say the same things that I say to them <laughs> that I would about an NFL locker room. Right. I promise you, like when you're a coach, it doesn't change. 
Maybe now, a little bit more selective of a language, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh shit! <laughs> I, I am who I am, right? Hey, that's <laughs> fair. I I I try to be like that to a certain degree with my kids. You know, I'm not cursing like a sailor or anything. But uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But um, but yeah. So and and then once I realized that he was actually in a special consultant role and actually talking to Ursay weekly after the games and watching it. And obviously at ESPN, they watch a bunch of film. In order for them to be on TV and like comment yeah. on players, and they they watch game after game after game yeah. to prepare to sound intelligent, right? So I was just like, I mean, he understands like what they're going through. He's a phenomenal leader. Not just like a good leader. You can like, tell. He's the guy's a leader. He's a great leader. Yeah. And I personally, would put a great leader in a situation with no experience versus a guy with great experience in a road that's a terrible leader. Absolutely. And uh, retreads have just become too common of a thing in the NFL, and especially in the last few years for the Colts, not necessarily from a coaching standpoint, but the crazy quarterback carousel that we've had. Um, I was personally excited about the hire. Um, yeah. You know, I, I was at this place where I'm like, okay, you know, we could do something or we could have a great draft pick or anywhere in between. Um, but you know, like I said, I was, I was pretty hard on Frank and on, on the, it was, it was his time to go love the man. I think he's a wonderful human, but just like, you know, me as, as a leader in the sales world, eventually that relationship gets stale and it's time to move on to the next phase for everybody. Um, but one of my biggest issues with Frank, especially this season is I just didn't feel the passion from him or from the team and the emotion um, and just the fire that, you know, I see in your eyes right now, and we're just chit-chatting on a podcast. Um, I saw that this past Sunday uh, against the Raiders, and, and I don't give a, a, a care if it's a 2-7 and seven Raiders or the undefeated now 8-1 and one Eagles. Um, there was something that I saw on the field Saturday, and, and I think it's, it's, it's Jeff's influence and Parks' influence um, tell me, tell me what you saw on Saturday. Yeah, or Sunday. Think, um, Sorry, what you saw. Yeah, on Saturday. yeah, yeah. Sunday. The, um, it, man, I think everyone else hears the same things about the inexperience, right? And and one thing about a team sport that unity, that that unity, like you you all want to prove them wrong just as much as Jeff does, right? And and you know, it, it, and a lot of times when they talk about a player or quarterback or something, it's an indictment on the whole team. Yeah. So it's a, it's a team unifying together and, and playing hard. And the thing of it is, like, in the beginning of the season, there was talk of like AFC South champions, yeah. AFC like 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 contender. So this is a roster that's not too far from from being a competitive roster. So I so I really think by simplifying some things on offense, you know, you could you could hear it without reading between the lines. You can hear Ursay say, "Oh, we simplify some things on offense. We got a, 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 a away from the analytic ball, and this is fourth to one, and we got a sixty-two percent chance." Run. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, no, we have guys at intuition. No, right? I'm not feeling right now. Yes, eighty percent chance we're going to win. We're punting the football. Our defense is going to win the game for us. And I and I think you know sometimes having that type of emotions, like so. So I coach third, fourth grade football, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's in Carmel, right? So. I know people don't enjoy you know, us folks in here. It is what it is. I love my community. <laughs> Number one place to stay, right? Uh, it's beautiful up here. Um, yeah. But I had headsets. 
right? And I would I would get called down from the booth on what to do and what I should do and what I should play. Hey, thanks for your opinion, but the answer is no. I'm going with him and I'm doing this. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like so so while he's not necessarily calling offensive plays or defensive plays, he is the final say on what they call, what they go right. for, what they're gonna do, like who goes in a certain situation. So I mean. I love it. I mean, I've always loved his thought process. He's always been gen- like, like one thousand percent genuine. How many right? people do you know would throw back and forth with the sheriff on the sideline like that video you mentioned, where you know, I, he's no he fear. His mind, none. The, that was that was the only one that was documented. You know when he? Oh, I'm sure you could tell some crazy stories. Maybe <laughs> maybe we could save that for another another time, but. Uh, I tell you what, I, I was excited from the get-go, but the moment he had me is when he looked right in the camera and said, I know how to lead men. I can lead men. And, like, you know, as a leader myself, and, you know, this obviously parlays with everything you're doing right now, like, it, it gives you chills, right? That was but, when but, but I fully the, big, the biggest thing he said me. when he said, like, bro, I'm secure who I am as a man. Like, Absolutely. bro, those two lines, I know how to lead, man, and I'm secure who I am as a man. Yep. Whoa. whoa. Like, if you're Powerful. secure and you lead men, it's just like, you you, like, you know how many, you know the difference between, like, true leaders and, like, people who want to be leaders and want to, like, like, they throw stones at us, but we don't flinch and we right. don't look. Nor do I say I'm not going to go that, that direction because it's going to be resistance. I'm saying that's the only direction because it's the fastest way to victory. Absolutely. And I'm willing to withstand whatever is that way because I feel like in my heart that's our best way to our true victory. And when you do that as a man in any role in life and in business and coaching, bro, like like everyone else is like, coach, we're going that way? It's like, yeah, follow me. I'm in front. Who's not going to follow that man? So I think that's what is all about football. And selfishly, um, you know, there's 31 other jobs, and if Jeff got that job, I feel like I'm just as qualified. You know, to get a call from, from somebody, right? And we're just and we're just right. getting CEOs to be head coaches of teams that you know with some experience. I feel like you know I should be on that short list. I, I feel like you should too. I, I mean, if Jeff continues to have this success, it really honestly changes everything. Everything. So, you know what's crazy though, and, and they coaches hate it. Because if there's because people are gonna start skipping in the line, mm-hmm. and now you're gonna think like I waited 15 years for this, but you're not a good enough leader, sir. If I'm you sorry. Were good enough, you wouldn't have had to wait 15 years. It took so, me two years to get promoted at one of my jobs, and that's because I wasn't ready. Right? There were other people that got promoted three six months. And in Silicon Valley, and and some of like the biggest corporations, Fortune 500, this happens all the time. Mm-hmm where a guy outside the field, outside the industry, no experience in there, but as a proven leader, has success in this area of his life, he he has get, got handed the keys to his operation. Yep. And people are like, how, how, why him? He doesn't know about this. He doesn't need to know about how to build that. He needs to know how to lead men. Right. He needs to know how to make sound decisions. Absolutely. And I think because of that, I mean, he, I think he's going to experience a lot of success. I really mm-hmm. do. And I really think he has the temperament to be a head coach. A lot of people do not. A lot of people don't have the temperament to be a head coach. One, they can't articulate. Two, they're not chess players, so they can't think moves and moves ahead, right? And three, they're not calculated enough. So I think, you know, 
and people are just like rattling names off on the roster. How about that guy? How about this guy? How about that guy? One, he doesn't want that position, right? He right. never said he wanted to be a head coach. Two, right? He knows that he doesn't have that altitude to, to, for it. Right. So, right. so, I, so I think you know, like Ursay said, I don't know how to make sausage. <laughs> that's, a, that's up there with the Jim Mora playoffs soundbite as far as greatest Indianapolis Colts soundbites of all time. I don't know how to make sense. I know how to build a championship team. And and I, I'm a testament. You are. I, I believe it. Yeah. You are. So Monday night, the Eagles lost to the Commanders, right? And mm. so they, they looked extremely beatable. Um, obviously, uh, they're going to be coming in hype, right? They're not happy about that loss i i'm sure you can talk about some losses that that you were whatever and oh that was your first loss of the season how pissed off you were the next week um what are we looking at this sunday against the eagles what are your thoughts uh on how this one's gonna go man it's truly like any given sunday right and now with the Colts, with the new blood they're fired up um i'm excited to see because you know at this point in the season Right, you could really throw records out the window. Right. Um, you know, people will say, Well, they only lost one game and they lost five. Just throw it out the window, right? When they line up, right? Both of these teams have the opportunity to win. Now it's gonna be about who imposes whose will. Um, yeah. that line that Jeff said is about the team who plays the hardest and longest. That was an old time more line. Right. And and every time Coach Dungey at the end of a meeting, at the end of a practice, hey, coach has got anything. And Tom Moore would always say, it's all about the team who plays the hardest and longest, <laughs> right? And that's like, but that's period what it was. Yeah. And it's just like, and, and that's what football is all about. So this Sunday, I'm sure they're going to be inspired. I'm sure, you know, they they got momentum from last week. And they're like, hey, but what is the Oakland Raiders? It was the NFL football team they played. Absolutely. They Absolutely. Right? Uh, so just like, so they're going to be fired up, man. They got a home game. The crowd's mm-hmm. going to be electric. Uh, they love Jeff, right? So I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be good football, and, and they got a chance. Like, like Matt is still a solid quarterback. Yeah, but he, he really but is. just don't, just don't have him throw the ball 40, 50 times, right? <laughs> especially when you have well, JT in the backfield, bro. When Philip Rivers was here, it was like one of his best seasons. Yeah, but he was getting rid of the ball. He didn't have those mistakes. So I think if we get that done, man, I think I think there's a chance, and I think really. You know, we're we're not out of playoff contention. We're not out of division contention. Yeah. So it's just like, hey, man, we start playing good. JT runs the ball. Bro, like, you're going to look up and be like, oh, my God. Like, this was (laughs) – Ursa's a genius. Yeah, absolutely. It it would be historic and crazy and probably a 30 for 30 a few years from now, right? Oh, Um, for sure. So – the line started out at nine and a half, which I thought was ridiculous, and I really wish I'd have mm. jumped on that. It was down to six the last time I checked it. Uh, okay. What's the final score for Sunday, Gary? Mm. It's going to be interesting. I will tell you, they are going to score some points, right? Obviously, they got a very electrifying um, QB. Um, he can run the ball. He can throw the ball. So uh, it's challenging. The only thing my only knock on Matt Ryan is, like, getting those third downs when it matter. Um but so I'm a homer, so call it what it is. Twenty-eight to twenty-four in that Los Coast gets the victory. I love it. Back to back. Yes. That's that's it. the game. That's yeah, the story I'm sticking to. And I am gonna start a petition to uh change Matt Ryan's number from two to seven uh and 
go with the name Matt Michael Vick Ryan after that 39 yard run that he had on Sunday. That was crazy. He looked he looked 20 yeah. years younger. Hey man, it, it, it's something about being benched, man, that just makes you like <laughs> he had a fire. fire. Oh yeah, know. that's great. Well, Gary, I really do appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, quickly tell folks where they can find you social media wise, aside from GaryBracket.com. Yeah, yeah, Gary Bracket um, um, on all the social media channels. Um, obviously, DM me, message me. Uh, and if you're a business owner, um, if you are someone who wants to create their own digital course, those are the areas where I feel like I am great at. So definitely give me a shout. I'd love to help you see you succeed. My motto, right, is to create more champions and less followers. And I just want to keep on continuing to create champions. I love it. I love it. Well, you are a champion. And, and again, thanks for coming on the show and uh, wish you the best of luck. And maybe we'll do this again sometime soon. All right, man. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, Gary. All right, big thanks to Gary Brackett for coming on the show. Man, that was awesome. I hope you all enjoyed it. Leave a comment, a like, a subscribe. Remember, you can check us out on YouTube, The Miles B Show, if you're listening to this. Or if you're watching and you want to just listen to the podcast, you can subscribe and listen to us on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Amazon, and Pandora, The Miles B Show. Check it out. Again, thanks to my guest, Gary Brackett. Check him out, GaryBrackett.com. He was the man, and man, that was a lot of fun. Thanks again. We'll see you guys next time.